Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. to say, count your blessings, Stevie. <laughs> and I was always like, yeah, whatever, Grandma. But that's absolutely true. I need to count my blessings. And there's a lot of things that I shouldn't have that I do have, and it all comes from following Jesus. And I, I can give you that list again. My mom mar- was married 10 times, and so that should be the norm for me. Marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. I figured I was gonna get divorced at least twice, And by the time I got to the third woman, I was going to be too tired to do anything else. That's that's kind of how I thought things were going to go uh, before I was a believer. And here I am, and I've been married since 1982, and she still likes me. It's amazing. So, yeah, you can clap for that. I'll clap for that. (laughs) I don't know if she's watching, but don't tell her I said all that. She'll, She'll just get such a fat head. No, I'm just joking. She knows it. Uh, Verse 12, he talks about love for brothers. Verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. And so here's another command. Well, here's one of the commandments that he has for us. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Go all the way down to verse 17. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. And so Jesus talks about keeping his commandments and the first commandment that he gives is the fact that we need to love people. You know, when you're talking about our relationship with each other as Christians, there are some passages that, that deal with this. And if you, if you have a love for those who are around you, by definition, there's gonna be peace between you and the, the people who are around you. I, I wanna go over to Ephesians 4. Um, go over there real quick. Ephesians chapter four, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. When you look at this passage, unity is a big deal in the passage. And Paul here starts out and he says, actually, when when you're reading through chapters one through three, it's all about what God's done for you. And then when you get to chapter four, it turns a corner and says, okay, because of of all of what God's done for you, this is how life should go as a believer, this is, this is how your response should be. You see that all the time in Paul's letters. And so um, without going through the first three chapters, you, you just need to know that. And if you're having problems with chapter four, you gotta go back and look at chapters one through three, pay attention to what the Lord's done for you, and then chapter four gets a whole lot easier, 
okay? I'm just letting you know that. He says, I therefore, that's why he says therefore, because of all the things that have come before, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Then he talks about there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And the implication there is therefore you should be one. And it's like that all the way through the rest of it. So it starts basically in verses two and three with lowliness, gentleness. Gentleness means reasonableness. Being reasonable means being fair. Doesn't mean petting somebody's face. It just means being fair to people. Gentleness with long suffering. That means suffering for a long time. That's literally what it means in Greek. Bearing with one another in love. That means putting up with each other. Putting up with each other. That means you're gonna do things that I don't like and I have to put up with you. And I'm gonna do things that you don't like and you have to put up with me. And the reason you have to do that is because we're one body, that mean, you know, and that's the whole idea of we're one family. And you know, you, can, you get to pick your friends, you never get to pick your family. Your family you're just stuck with. And so you got a sister, that's your sister. You got a brother, that's your brother. You got a mom, that's your mom. You got a dad, that's your dad. And you're stuck with them. You don't get to choose them. And when you come into the body of Christ, same thing. You could pick your friends, you can't pick your family. And so this is family. And so you gotta, you gotta deal with it. So you gotta put up with each other. And then he says endeavoring. And that means trying hard to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And so it starts with that. And then it ends in verse 32 with be kind to one another, tender hearted, not hard hearted, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And so in the same way that God forgives you, you need to be forgiving the people who are around you right? Can you imagine if God said, yeah, I forgive you, but I never want to talk to you again. Would you like that? You know, and that's, that's not the way that we're supposed to forgive. You know, I love you, but I don't like you. Can you imagine God saying that to you? Not a good thing. That's, and, and those kinds of statements come from a hard heart. And when you're making those kinds of statements, it's an indication that you are, ne- you are not tender-hearted and you're not forgiving one another even as God and Christ forgave you because he doesn't do that to you, right? And so it's, uh, uh, again, one of those things. There's, there's, you're, gonna, you're gonna have love, there's gotta be peace. And so, again, when Paul's talking about this, he says, all lowliness, gentleness with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. And so if you love people, you're gonna put yourself below them you're gonna treat them fairly, you're going to suffer long with them, and you're gonna put up with them. And so that's, that's real practical, huh? Good things, to, good things to keep in mind. And I'm not saying that I've got that down either. You can, you can ask my friends. In any case, um, there, there needs to be a love for brothers. Back over to chapter 15 of John. And again, it's the kind of love that's shown with deeds. Jesus goes on, goes on in verse 12, and he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
okay? And so did Jesus come lowly? Yeah, he came to serve, right? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so he came as a servant. He came to serve the apostles. He came to serve the whole human race. And so he came lowly. Did he come with gentleness? Is Jesus fair? Was he fair with the apostles? Was he fair even when he was rebuking them? Was he fair? Yeah. And did he put up with them? Did he suffer a long time with these guys? In fact, he would say it. How long do I have to suffer with you? <laughs> and it was a little longer. Anyway, um, and, he, and he says, that's what I want you to do. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And so they had three and a half years of watching what Jesus did and putting up with these guys. And we could go through and tell one story after another story after another story where these guys stepped across the line, did really stupid things to Jesus, to one another, to other people, and Jesus corrected them. There were times when he corrected them, but he always received them, restored them, and worked with them. And again, it's that kind of love. And so... You gotta love other people like Jesus loved you. And it's a command, right? It's a command. Um, here's, here's, here's something that I keep in mind when I'm dealing with somebody that is inconvenient. <laughs> when I'm dealing with somebody that you know, just bugs the snot out of me, is uh, I look at them and I go, uh, and I'm praying this in my head. Lord, if they're good enough for you, then they're good enough for me. And I always need to, you, you gotta remember this. People know when you love them and they know when you don't. And so you can, you can be exacerbated with somebody and still love them. But people will know if you don't. And so you don't wanna be a, a guy or a gal who doesn't love. Because again, that's his commandment. You love one another. And that's within the body of believers. And at that actually is um, the first proof of Jesus's love for us. He goes, I want you to love other people like I loved you. And so he flat out tells these guys, I love you. So I want you to love people like I love you. And it's exactly the same thing that he says to you. It's exactly the same thing that he says to me. I want you to love these people like I love you, Steve, and so on. First proof of Jesus's love for us is the fact that he flat out says it. When you get to verse 13, he says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And he's been talking about the fact that he's gonna go to the cross, and this is his statement about his love for them. So it's not just the practical love that he's given to them over the last three and a half years, it's the culmination of that love, and that's found in the cross. You can never say that Jesus doesn't love you. He went to the cross for you. He went to his death for you. And as he says in that passage, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. I've never been in the military. I've never been in a combat situation. I've never ever had a situation where somebody laid down their life for me, never ever. And in most of my life, I've, I've uh, actually, I can't say that because most of my love, life I've been a Christian now. But before I was a Christian, for most of my life, I didn't have anybody even living for me, much less dying for me. My whole household was, was self-centered, self-focused, 
self, self, self. And all the kids were on the outside of that whole thing, basically fending for themselves. And that's the kind of household I grew up in. And so when I read this, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for my friends. And I realized that Jesus is talking about going to the cross and that he didn't go to the cross for the world. He went to the cross for me specifically. When I realized that, again, it made this huge impact on me because nobody's ever died for me, much less lived for me. Never happened. And so have the Lord. And again, a proof of Jesus's love for us. He makes us his friends. That's the next proof. Verse 14, you are my friends. He lays down his life for, one's, for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And again, that's a key to friendship. You're gonna have a friend? You have to be pleasing to the friend. In the book of Proverbs, it says, you wanna have friends? You gotta be friendly. That's the way it works. It's not, you wanna have friends? You have to be a Klingon. That's what I call people that, you know, they come along and all they want is stuff from people, including a relationship. I don't have anybody that's my friend. I don't have anybody that's close to me. Will you be close to me? Will you be my friend? And my automatic answer is no. You're freaky and trying to cling on to me, you cling on. That's the automatic answer. And this is something that I, you know, I used to uh, teach the single study and the college age study. And mostly this is guys. You have guys who are a little bit irregular and they're socially awkward and they wanna have friends and they wanna have a girlfriend and they want all, all this kind of stuff and they don't know how to get them. And when they go and approach people, they, they, they're a person that puts people off. And the reason that they put people off is because all they want is what they want. And they're trying to constantly get from you, kind of const trying to constantly take from you. That is not a friend, that is a Klingon. And Klingons, they're the bad guys. So don't be a Klingon. If you, if you look in your life and just, you know, just kind of go through, your, go through your head and pay attention when you think about all the people that you like the most, everybody that you really like, are they people who are constantly taking from you? And the answer to that's no, it's never like that. The people that you really like, the people that you really wanna be around are people who could care less about taking anything from you. And in actuality, what they do is they give to you. Even when you're trying to give to them, they come back with giving to you. There's been all kinds of times when I've had friends like this and they're going through a hard time and I've gone, gone to, you know, to encourage them and counsel them and just you know, be a buddy to them and that kind of stuff. And they end up ministering to me instead of me ministering to them. And that's what we're talking about here. If you wanna be a friend or if you wanna have friends, you gotta be friendly. You gotta be somebody who reaches out to other people. That's, that's how this happens. If you come to me, and, and you start having, uh, trying to have a relationship with me, I can tell when you want stuff from me. Just about everybody can. And that's why when you come up to people and you're trying to develop this relationship or whatever, that's why they turn away from you. It's because you're trying to take. And what you have to do is be somebody who's not a taker you gotta be somebody who gives. And that's how you get real friends, that's how you are a real friend, 
and it's not gonna work any other way. That's how, that's how you get a girl, too. And it, it can't be a manipulation thing. It can't be the kind of thing where, well, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give, and then she's going to love me, and we're going to get married, and it's gonna, because that's an, that's an ulterior motive, and it's gonna come out in everything that you do and everything that you say, because you don't really care about her. What you care about is yourself. See what I mean? And again, um, these are things that I told to guys in single studies. All the guys that when, I, when a new girl would come to the single study, they would all surround her and freak her out and, you know, that kind of thing. Try, you know, it's like a meat market and she's the meat, you know, and, and everybody's coming up and doing that kind of stuff. And I'd always go to the, you know, when I had to have these talks with the guys, I'd go, you know what, dude, do you want to have friends? Yes, yes, I want to have friends. Do you want to get married? Yes, yes, I want to get married, but nobody wants to go out with me. And, you know, woman, well, it's never going to happen if you're doing it this way. Then I'd pop them upside the head in Jesus' name. You know, no, I wouldn't. But anyway, again, that's, that's, that's the deal. Um, when you're looking at really being a friend, you care about the person that you're a friend with and you want to please them. And you just want to do it. You don't want to do it so that they'll do something for you. You just want to do it because you're their friend. And it's exactly the same kind of thing that we were talking about in the issue with love. And, and actually, that's what it is. It is love. And so you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And so you have that. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. And so Jesus makes us his friends in this passage. And that's the idea of unreserved intimacy. When I've got, when I've got real friends, I've got, I've, I've got people that I'm friendly with, and then I've got real friends. And real friends I'm intimate with. And I'm not talking about I'm going up and smooching them or hugging them or, you know, I don't think that's ever happened with, with me and Mitch. And it's like, you know, I can barely touch the guy. But he knows me, and we talk. And there, there's things that I'll share with him that I don't share with other people. And it's exactly the same. You know, my wife is kind of not fair because there's intimacy there just because of marriage and, and all that kind of stuff. And she, you know, she's, she's my best, best friend. But it's that kind of idea. And what Jesus wants to have is unreserved intimacy with you. He wants to be friends with you. He had that for Abraham. In Isaiah 41.8, it says, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. And this is thousands of years after the time of Abraham. And God makes it known, you're the descendants of Abraham, my friend. How'd you like God to say that to you? And that's what he just said right here. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. He wants unreserved intimacy with you. He said about Moses too. For Moses, it says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. And so God spoke to Moses face to face. And again, just like a man speaks to his friend. When you're talking about friends, the title friend isn't just talk. There's a full confidence when you, again, have a friend. And in verse 15, what he's saying is, I let you in. 
No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. I let you in. And again, that's what friends do. That is what Jesus continues to do. That's what he did with the apostles when they were there on the planet, and that's what um, he does with you and with me, if you're paying attention. And so when you're praying and you're going through your Bible, you need to be asking God to speak to you, to speak to you about your life, uh, to speak to you about your situations. And one of the things that God will do is he will let you in and he'll tell you the future, right? And so when I look at um, my own life, I'll just give you a, a specific example. When I first got married, it was the, within, let's see. Yeah, it was within the first six months that I was married, I was already praying about kids. And one of the things that had happened was Bobby had had a miscarriage at that point. And so, you know, when that happened, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm talking to the Lord and I'm praying for her and I'm praying about my family, about my kids. And I'm a 23-year-old guy at that point praying about these things. And God let me know that I was going to have two children. He didn't say two and only two. Those are the only two that he, that he, that he ever told me about. And that's what ended up happening. He said I was going to have, he told me I was going to have two kids. He told me the first one was going to be a girl and that I was, I was to name her Bethany. And he didn't tell me what to name the boy. But he told me you're to, the, first, the first one's a girl and you're to name her Bethany. I still don't know why he wanted me to name her Bethany. It's like there hasn't been some huge revelation or some huge thing that's, that, that's taken place or, or anything like that. But he specifically told me that. And that's why we have a girl first and her name is Bethany. And I could go on, go on with, with some other stuff that happened in Bethany coming to us. And it was nothing but the hand of God. God just did awesome things in giving me my daughter. And, you know, he lets you in. He lets you know what's, what he's doing. He lets you know what's gonna go on. He told me that I was gonna be a pastor um, at, all the way back when, gosh, I was, I was probably 22 at the time. God told me that I was gonna be a pastor. He told me that he was gonna use me in that kind of ministry. He told another lady that God was going to use me to pour the word of God into all kinds of people's lives, said that lots of people were going to be, be saved through my ministry. I've probably led thousands of people to the Lord. You go through and do the numbers. And it's not me, obviously, it's just Jesus. But he, lets, he let me know all those things before they took place. When I came up here, I was praying about what was going to go on with the ministry. I, I always knew that we were going to have this kind of church, the kind of church that we have right now, and it's, it's when I'm talking about the buildings and all of that kind of stuff, I always knew that that was going to happen. And so took longer than I wanted it to, and I didn't try to make it happen. It's just, it just took place. And God told me all that stuff all the way back in 1990. And so there's still things that are coming to pass that God told me back in 1990 because he lets you in, because you're his friend. And that's the way this is supposed to work. And I'm no different than you are, no different than you are. I just figured this out when I was a younger believer. Probably most of you have figured this out too. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I've made known to you. And he continues, like I said, to do that. Full confidence, that's the third proof he lets you in. 
You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.